Welcome to the Empowerment Radio Show, the show that empowers, inspires, and motivates. Hear from experts in all areas of business as they share proven techniques that have helped them earn millions and have more free time. Learn the tricks of the trade, including how to market your business and develop the million-dollar mindset needed to succeed. Be sure to register for more information at torontowomensexpo.com. Use hashtag EWTS, which is short for Empowering women to succeed. Now, let's welcome the host of the Empowerment Radio Show, Randy Goodman. Hello, everyone. This is Randy here with the Empowerment Radio Show, and I have a really special guest today. Jason Reed is joining us. He is a past story editor for television. He's a speaker and a trainer, and I'm excited to have him here. I want to give a warm welcome to my podcast guest, Jason Reed. Welcome, Jason. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Well, thank you, Randy. It's my honor. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, I'm so excited to have you. Uh, You know, you're such a wonderful supporter. You're an excellent coach to many and I know you've changed a lot of lives. So I want to know really about your upbringing. Can you tell us a little bit about you personally and maybe, you know, maybe to like your 20s or so? Do you mind? Not at all. I mean, I I had what probably a lot of people would think of it as kind of a strange childhood, but you know, it was it was fun for me. It didn't seem to be a, a, a huge huge issue. Um, I was kind of a normal kid up until I was eight years old, and then um, I got sick and I was diagnosed with uh, two uh, chronic illnesses, uh, Crohn's disease and arthritis. And it was interesting because it ended up kind of changing my personality in a way. I used to be very active. I had a lot of friends, and then suddenly I was ill. I was spending a lot of time indoors. And my parents actually moved, uh, they, they moved up to a place called Brampton, Ontario, which um, was, you know, kind of this suburban wasteland in the uh, 70s. And it, it just seemed so far away from everything. So, you know, between, you know, being, being sick and then being in a new place, I didn't really have a ton of friends and I wasn't very social. But, you know, I was actually pretty happy. I spent a lot of time by myself. And, Interestingly enough, you know, my windows on the world were things like books and magazines and television, and I was really interested in all of those things. And, you know, I got to love the concept that somebody could have an idea or an experience and then put it on paper or on film, and then other people could share that experience too. And that was just like really cool to me. So to give you an example of how strange I was, you know, a lot of kids on my street loved playing baseball. But me, I would go and I would watch a game on TV or listen to it on the radio. And then I'd go to my typewriter and I'd write an article about the game. So, you know, I kind of wish the Internet was, was around back then because I'm sure I probably would have had my own blog at 10 years old. And then who knows where I'd be now. Wow, that's phenomenal. That's, uh, you're right, very different. You kind of got thrown into it. But at the same time, 
you also develop an expertise from it. <laughs> like the yeah. things you just don't think <laughs> about every day, right? <laughs> Not at all. It, 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 it just kind of becomes part of you without realizing that, 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 you've actually, uh, that you've actually sort of got this skill or expertise. That's awesome. Okay. Well, okay, so you went through school. You obviously you developed a great keen for writing and uh, and um, an expertise in writing because you did it a lot. But mm-hmm. when you started to go to post secondary, like what were you thinking when you were in high school? What did you want to be? What were your passions or your desires? What did you think you wanted to be when you grew up? Yeah. Well, you know what? I I only had one one thing that I was really sort of serious about doing, and that was that was uh, going into journalism and studying journalism. Um, I think that if um, I was in a world that was um, a little less practical, my 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 parents were very practical people. Uh, I might have thought of a career doing something even more fun with my writing. But at the time, you know, journalism seemed to be kind of the one serious job that was around that I could actually do that would involve writing. So um, it was the only thing I wanted to study. And when I applied to uh, Ryerson's journalism program and Ryerson's university in, in Toronto, and they've always had the top journalism program, it's, it's always very tough to get in. And they always encourage you to apply to other programs in case you don't get in. And I remember having this conversation with the dean basically saying this is all I want to do this is the only place I've applied to so I think they liked my confidence and my commitment to the program so I was let in and kind of the cool thing for me in my university years was the fact that I was feeling a lot better physically and I was a lot more social and and I really I think came into my element uh, during those years and it was very cool as you know a budding journalist because our campus was located right in downtown Toronto where the action was so I'd go and I'd cover court cases and city hall and the police beat. And there was just a lot of stuff that you could sink your teeth to down, sink your teeth in down there. And it was something that, that, that I really loved and really sort of even more fueled my passion for writing and telling stories. That's fantastic. Well, can you tell us, okay, so you went, so clearly you got into Ryerson. Right, <laughs> you went through you went through journalism there, and then what happened? Like, I know you did some incredible things with television. Yeah, I mean, it was really interesting. I mean, leaving when I left university, um, I pretty much hit the worst job market ever for broadcast journalists. Um, the biggest broadcaster had just cut 30% of their their workforce. And there was a recession. And, you know, I, I may have the Guinness Book of World Records. I actually got 200 rejection letters uh, before I got my first full-time job. <laughs> well. <laughs> I actually thought after a while my name was actually, we regret to inform you. Because every time I opened up a letter, it started with, we regret to inform you. But, you know, it really had a positive side because, you know, as I was having the struggle finding full-time work, um, I started looking at other ways I could use my my writing talents and things that were really sort of cool. So, you know, for instance, I became a joke writer for a Canadian TV show, and I started writing screenplays for feature films. And one of them was actually pretty good, and it got me a Hollywood agent. 
So to sort of set the stage, I was still living in Canada, but every once in a while I'd go down to Hollywood and I'd have to pitch my script ideas to Hollywood producers, which is really interesting. It's a very high-pressure sales environment because, you know, as you can imagine, Hollywood producers are very busy. They have people trying to pitch stuff to them all the time, and it's really nerve-wracking. Often, you know, you'll only have, you know, uh, a minute or two, sometimes less, to get your idea across. So it was kind of like an intense version of Dragon's Den, even before it existed. So it was kind of cool. I'd never done sales before, and this is sort of like a baptism by fire for me. So, you know, that was kind of neat. And um, unfortunately, you know, before I became rich and famous as a screenwriter, my journalism career started to pick up again. So so I, I stayed in Canada and I was able to take all of the craft that I'd learned not only from my schooling, but also from from screenwriting and put that into my journalism career. And I moved up the ladder pretty quickly, you know, from writer to producer to executive, you know, once I got going. But my specialty was always crafting stories uh, that grabbed people's attention. And what became even more satisfying eventually was, you know, when I became a story editor and a news director, I started teaching other people how to do the same. And in fact, at one point, my news team um, went from being a totally unknown group of, of talented people um, to within a year of me becoming their boss, they were winning national and international awards. And it was, it was awesome. And it was all because, you know, we were telling great stories. So in some ways, you know, it was only natural that I become a speaker when I left TV, which I did. I went and started my own business. And I realized that the skills that I'd learned over the decades in telling stories has really given me a huge advantage in being able to grab people's attention from the stage and get them to hire me, which is how I've, I've always marketed myself through speaking. And, you know, it reached the point where I become so good at that, that I realized that I really should be training other people how to do it, which is what I'm doing now. Wow, that's incredible. Like the journey of, you know, passion and taking the knowledge and the expertise that you already have and then putting that to work and then having an actual business out of it. That's phenomenal. And that, I think, is everybody's dream, but they don't necessarily know how to do it, right? Or they don't have the will to do it. Or they don't want to take the chance. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's right? pretty intimidating to go out on your own. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, for sure. So kudos to you for going and doing it and, and developing all that expertise. So what would you say when you, what you find? Because so now you teach and train people how to speak on stage. You help them uh, develop their own businesses and their own careers. What would you say are the most challenging issues that people face when it comes to business? Well, I think by far the biggest challenge is, you know, visibility and getting your message heard. And this is a challenge that's, that's really grown in the past five years. You know, I, I've been, been in business for myself now for a little over five years. And just in that time, there are just so many more people out there um, who've started businesses. And what happens is, you know, we end up being bombarded with information from, from all of these people on social media and through emails and, you know, everybody's doing events. And it can be really hard to get known and to stand out these days with with sort of all of that noise. 
I totally agree with you. I think those are some of the biggest challenges that businesses face um, because, and they don't always know what to do. So having somebody there that can actually help them and guide them is key or key to anybody's success for sure. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Uh, What kind of help do you suggest people take with this issue? Like do you have any maybe one or two key things that we can tell the audience well, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a little bit biased, but I, I think I'm biased because I know how well it works. But I really think that in terms of being visible and showing people your expertise, being able to get up in front of a group and speak about yourself and your business is by far the best way to get attention. Um, you know, firstly, you can actually connect with a lot more people. Um, often than you can do with simply networking alone. You know, if you're in a room with 100 people, if you're on stage, you're talking to all 100 of those people. So, you know, that's kind of the first key. And then the, the second key when it comes to speaking about yourself and your business is if you know how to create a talk that has the right elements, you can influence a lot of people in a very short period of time and as a result get a lot of clients very quickly. So it's kind of a shortcut. I totally agree with you on that. So how do you get more exposure for your business so that you can take on more clientele? So yes, I know you're saying speaking in front of a group of people, but it just doesn't happen magically, right? I all of a sudden you just don't decide, okay, I want to be a speaker and (laughs) poof, there's 100 people in front of me. So you know, how do you get from that desire to that point? Right. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, you know, you need to you need to know how to put together a talk that isn't going to send people to sleep. Um, You know, some 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 people will start speaking and then stop because, you know, it, it isn't getting them the results that they want. And there is a very specific structure and there are very specific types of things you need to do when you're speaking to a group of people. Number one, to keep them interested. Number two, to get them inspired. And number three, to get them to take action. Um, so learning those things, you know, through um, a speaker coach or, or mentor definitely helps. And then once you get to a certain position where, you know, you're, you're out there speaking and you're doing relatively well at it, you know, creating a real strategy around your calendar. So, you know, for instance, you know, if I've got a, a program coming up that I want to fill, I kind of work backwards and I have like a workshop before the program and then a webinar before that and then talk scheduled before that so I can start reaching a lot of people and sort of kind of bringing them through this, this, this funnel of they hear me speak and then they're on a free webinar and then they, they, they pay a little bit of money to attend a workshop and then by that time they really know what I can offer them. So, you know, when I do propose them joining my program, a lot of people say, yes, I'm ready and then they jump into it. So it's sort of a strategy you have to build up to. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. So you're giving them information a little bit at a time and you keep leading them to the next thing. Exactly, yeah. Okay, awesome. So, Jason, I know you can be quite influential. So how do you influence and inspire people when you speak to them? Oh, this is a great question. And you're probably going to be able to hear the passion of my voice as as I give you this answer. Because, you know, over the past 
30 years of all this experience that I've had doing all of these things, you know, I've learned again and again that influencing and inspiring people can only really happen when you connect to people on an emotional level. And that's really what all great speakers do. So let's look at it this way. In the end, it's not really about your product or your idea or your information, even if that's what you're trying to influence or persuade or sell. Ultimately, it's about people and their struggles. And we all have struggles no matter who we are or how much money we have. And these could be struggles around self-worth or financial security or status or being a good parent or a good person. Whatever it is, we have these dramas going on in our own minds and these struggles in our lives every day. And these things are very important to us. In fact, they're probably the most important thing to us. So, if you want to influence people, you have to find a way to tap into these personal struggles and do it with empathy and honesty so that people will start to connect you or your idea to the things that are most important to them. So That is brilliant. Yeah, and you know, the next question is how do you do that? And I truly believe the best way to do that is by sharing stories, particularly true life stories, either about yourself or your clients. So to give you an example, in my talks, for instance, I've told stories about you know, a time in my life when I was sick, broken, unemployable in my early 30s, and I lost my wife, my job, and my condo. And then I talk about how I had to make major changes and adopt major principles in my life to become successful again. And the beauty of that is people can relate to that story. Even if they haven't gone through exactly the same thing, they can really relate and have an empathy to it. And, you know, when they can relate to that story, they relate to me. And everybody also loves a story about an underdog that becomes a winner. So that's the sort of thing that, that really, you know, kind of gets into into people's heads and into people's emotions are those true life stories of, of struggle and triumph. And you know what? We all have them. Even sometimes I get people say, well, I don't have stories, but if you talk to them long enough, you find out they do. And those are the keys, you know, to really influencing people, I believe. Totally agree with you. Totally. It's a very emotional, a very emotional attachment um, and a connection that happens on stage and some people can really hone in on that and really connect with their audiences doing that. And I know it's crucial mm-hmm. to do that. It's, it's a skill to learn, that's for sure. And I know you've spent 30 years, you know, honing in on the creativity of that, you know, and coming to that point. So that's fantastic. So, how do you actually get people to take action and work with you once they're inspired by you? Yeah, you know, so once the inspiration is done, you know, for a lot of people, the question in their mind is, what do I do next? And you really have to answer that question as clearly and simply as possible. You have to really make it easy for them to take action because let's face it, taking any sort of action in our lives is kind of a pain. It involves, you know, some sort of a, a change. It involves some sort of a commitment, even if it's just a small commitment. So you have to really support them, make it easy for them, and make it simple. So I'll give you an example. Anyone who's ever been um, live on any of my webinars know that I have one button that I use um, on the webinar page that takes them 
to their call to action. So it's really simple. All I ask them to do is press that button right there when I'm speaking, and I, I take them literally you know, step by step through the process of what to do next. And it's the same for when I speak in person. You know, doing something clearly and simply is important because as we know, a confused mind never buys, a confused mind never takes action. And that is a very important point, whether somebody's speaking on stage or not. I think mm-hmm. you're giving a really crucial uh, piece of information here is that if you are not giving them a very clear call to action, then what are you doing with your business? You, the only way that you succeed in your business is to have clients, right? And mm-hmm. If you're not able to be very clear on, one, how you can help them and what you're going to do for them and how they're going to benefit out of it, but also what you want them to do. It's lovely to tell them all this great information, but if you don't have a very clear call to action and tell them step-by-step what to do, then a lot of the time they don't know what they're supposed to do. They don't know that they should necessarily be working with you. Sometimes they think, yes, you know, Jason's going to give me all kinds of great information, but then if you don't lead them to where you want them to go, they may not do anything, right? And then everybody loses because they don't get mm-hmm. the help that they really need, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I've, I find having that really clear, strong call to action, um, you know, helps me. Like if I'm, you know, speaking to sell myself and sell my services, you know, there's there's times where I've been on stage where, you know, I've 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 had the flu or something and I've been tired and I actually haven't really given, you know, what I consider a great talk. But if the call to action is strong and simple, I still get, you know, a lot of a lot of conversions out of it. A lot of people who take that call to action and want to work with me. And that's that's kind of what I found. I mean, it's just, it's just such you know, when you have a business, that's that's really such a, a crucial thing is having that clear, strong, and simple call to action. Well, that's fantastic. And that leads me to my next question, which is uh, what kind of results can people expect when they go through the coaching process with you or take one of your programs? What are they going to walk away with? Yeah, well, you know, they can expect two things. Number one, they're going to be able to wow their audience because I'm going to show them how to take what they know and their own personal story, stories and really create a talk with impact. You know, so that's, it, it, it's good, obviously. You need to get people um, involved in what you're saying, and obviously you want to, um, you know, do something that the organizers are really going to like too. But secondly, and most importantly, they're going to see a significant increase in their conversions. So these are the number of people who are actually taking advantage of their call to action. So for example, I've uh, worked with some experienced speakers who you know, speak to sell on a fairly regular basis, and they've taken my program, and many of them get a 50% increase in the number of conversions that they, that they, that they get. I'm very proud of that. But That's it's phenomenal. even, yeah, and it's, it, it's cool. And a lot of it is just, you know, again, inspiring people with the right story and then having that, that really great call to action. But it's even more rewarding for me when someone new to speaking gets big results. And this is a great question for me to answer because I just actually have a current client who spoke at a conference a few days ago and made more than $20,000 in new business after a single 15-minute talk. Wow. 
And that was the first time she's spoken to sell like that. And it was amazing hearing her voice when she, when she called me afterwards and how excited she was. And it's interesting because I spoke to her yesterday and she's had since then even more business come in as a result of her talk. And her challenge now is she's got um, some of her potential clients now on a waiting list because she has so much business. So she's, she's gone from you know, a problem you don't want to have, which is not enough clients, to a problem you do want to have, which is too many. So I find not that really Not a bad rewarding. problem to have. <laughs> not at all. Right? Not at all. Not at all. That's awesome. Uh, so what makes you so passionate about sharing this with people? Because I know it's not where you started, but it's definitely where you found a great passion. So what is it that, uh, that does it for you? Well, you know, there's obviously the passion for the, the craft of, of storytelling, which is one thing. But I think the other big thing for me, you know, being involved with entrepreneurs for as long as I have, you know, I see so much talent out there of, of people who become entrepreneurs and solopreneurs. And, and there's so many people out there that deserve to be successful. But the truth is, it can be really tough to get clients. So, you know, when I see someone like this, this client who just booked all this business who are becoming successful and getting what they deserve because of something that I've shared with them, I mean, it's just incredibly rewarding. And I, I just absolutely love what I do because of that. That's fantastic. I love it. I love when people do what they love to do. There's so many people out there doing what they need to do, and they're hating every minute of it. So I love to hear stories like this. Well, what would you tell people about trying to get into this industry? Is it difficult? Are there any tricks to the trade? Like, can you give anybody, uh, or can you give our audience some tips out there? Yeah, you know, I mean, in in terms of what to expect, the one thing that I've noticed, you know with myself and also all of the people that I've, I've helped over the years who are new entrepreneurs, everyone kind of says the same thing. It's like, you know, when I went into starting my own business, I didn't realize how much time I'd have to spend marketing and selling myself. I mean, especially at the beginning, this is like, you know, 80, 90% of what you're going to do. So it's not just a matter of, you know, telling everybody, okay, I'm suddenly a coach or an accountant or a consultant and getting people to walk into your office. I mean, again, you can't do that. It's really noisy. So, you know, the four words of wisdom I'd probably share are these. It's, it's get help and have patience. And just know that, you know, there's a certain amount of sales and marketing you really have to do for yourself and your business before you get going. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. You can be whoever you want to be, but nobody's going to know unless you market yourself. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you can be the best of the best of the best locked in your room, but who knows? <laughs> you, Nobody. You, you, just don't, you just don't want to be the world's best kept secret when you're an entrepreneur, that's for sure. That's fantastic. I love it. Um, and you're absolutely right. So that's a fantastic journey, Jason. Thank you so much for sharing with us and giving us some tips it was such an honor to speak with you today. Would you like to tell our audience where they can find you, what website they can find you at? Sure. So my website is rechargemymojo.com. That's rechargemymojo.com. And you know, from time to time, I've got uh, free offers on my website. I'm very big on sharing uh, audios and small ebooks as well. So if you go there, you can find a lot of information. And please take advantage of it because I love sharing it with people. 
That's fantastic. I know you do a lot of free offers and whatnot, so please always check up on Jason's website now and again. You never know what new is going to pop up there. That's fantastic. Thank you so much again, Jason, for joining us. It was very enlightening to hear your viewpoints on speaking and to hear about your life, and I'm so excited to hear who else you're going to help in the future because it's fantastic. And so thank you so much for being here, Jason. Well, thank you, Randy. I had a blast. This has been great. That's awesome. Thank you. And I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to this podcast. And please remember to subscribe and share and write comments on the iTunes podcast page. Thank you so much. Thanks again, Jason. Thank you, Randy. Thank you for listening to the Empowerment Radio Show. Want more empowerment from Randy Goodman? Stay up to date and follow Randy on Twitter at Randy Connects. That's Randy with an I. Remember to use hashtag EWTS, which is short for Empowering Women to Succeed. Or visit TorontoWomensExpo.com. Expo.com.